Welcome to the River Studio. We've got uh, Mary Lambert here, and it's been a while since you've been with us, so thank you so much for stopping by during Boise Pride. How are you? Oh my God, I'm so good. (laughs) How was it playing Boise Pride? Oh, it was just wonderful. It felt such like a, a warm welcome, and I think, you know, I think cities in places like Idaho get this really bad rap that like they're not going to be progressive or they're not going to like um it's going to be a really small crowd for a pride it was so packed and it was people were so exuberant and loud and enthusiastic and it just really made me feel so welcome so i just yeah i just have a very good feeling in my heart from from pride and you mentioned you had some family come to see you right yeah my grandma lives in nampa oh really yeah so i'm gonna spend the whole day with her today oh how fun (laughs) are you doing pride stuff or boise stuff um, we're going to do grandma stuff, <laughs> Boise. We're going to do, we're going to do uh, Nampa. We're going to visit the, the, where she lives sure. and then just hang out in her Airbnb. We have a piano at the Airbnb and I am Mary the fifth. So it's, it's my grandma's name is Mary and my oh. mom's name is Mary. Do they play music? They do. So this is where it all comes from is the Mary's. How I'll play fun. piano and sing. Oh, and I, I wish I could see a video of that. <laughs> I think make one that would be great today's gonna be really special well that's a good point to uh maybe throw out some of your social media stuff too where would they find that yes um all my handles are at mary lambert sing or at mary lambert sings i think most of them are sing like a command do it (laughs) mary lambert sing (laughs) i was gonna ask you you said it's been a couple years since you played so during the hardest part of covid was there Mm -hmm. a time that music wasn't there for you at all a good question you know it's funny because i i I, um i'm in a new netflix show and movie called um i heart arlo and i i started doing voiceover work yeah and so it was kind of just doing that and then i started teaching this workshop on body positivity and you know really trying to dismantle your own internalized fat phobia and uh, so my work is bad. I'm, I'm working on a book about that. Okay. You know, like I went from complete self-hatred of my body and like really resenting everything. What I, I felt like my bigger body was holding me back from and sure. realizing that, you know, that was all sort of in my head. And well, it was it was it's, cold, it's social, right? Yeah, <laughs> like we're yeah. all sort of conditioned to believe that. Sure. Um, and so my workshop has been really incredible it's a four-week workshop I do online and it's helping me inform my my book so I've been doing a lot of research so I haven't I haven't been playing as much as I as I would like to I do we have a I have a patreon we have a patreon for our podcast and so people that at a specific tier request songs Uh and it is my only time that I play now and I actually really like it because it's like forces me to to play. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into all of those things that you mentioned here separately um, in the future here, but I, I wanted to know, was it kind of a dark time to not be performing? Was it weird for you? Yeah. I mean, it was sad. I think it was like, um, it was, it was just disappointing, you know, but at the same time, I also felt like it was a really deep act of compassion and love and care for each other that like, together we sort of decided that like this is not this is not a good idea (laughs) to tour Mm -hmm. and to have people crowded you know and to be in in large large gatherings so for me it felt like oh this is this is this is good I I felt that it was a sort of uh, a positive compassionate thing you know and I didn't feel like um that it it impacted me you know 
terrifically because mm-hmm. I've I, I I'm pretty remote anyway, so I have a home studio. So it didn't you know I was more I more felt for other people that were experiencing the real hardship of you know, not being able to tour if that was their main source of income. You know, I felt for other artists that experienced that. But since I've been doing stuff more remote, it um, I just saw it as a, like an act of compassion. In the kind of surreal time that it's been, did you find yourself being able to be inspired and write stuff? Or were you kind of like, it's a weird time, I don't know what to write about? Or was it good to write because it's a funky time? Yeah, I. you know, it's so funny. I've just been immersed in, in, in academic work. And like, and like just... And wanting to um, uh, research as much as I can for this new project. So I, I think it's so funny right now I'm just in a, a project-based mode. So I just sort of follow what my soul is doing. You know, two years ago I was working on my poetry book. And so I was writing mostly poetry. And But I'm starting to feel that I, I'm, re- I'm ready to start writing again. Mm-hmm. And I want to the same work that I've been doing in sort of body positivity sphere, I want to translate that into music. And I would love to release a sort of EP or an album that's sort of centered around the body and, you know, you know, bodily autonomy Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, and the queer body too, you know, I don't know what that looks like right now, but I, I'm excited for the future. That's great. You said Boise was the first that you'd played at all in like two years in out two publicly. Years, yeah. We are so lucky that we were the first. So thank you. And thanks for being here. We've got a keyboard and would love to hear a song if you'd like to share I would one. love to share a song with you. This is a song off of, I'm going to play two songs off of my last album uh, called Grief Creature. Um, so definitely not like a pop album. <laughs> <laughs> and when I tell people, like I told people at Boise Pride, I'm like, I know you came here to dance, but you're mostly just going to cry. <laughs> so that is, um, that's, that's the that's the goal is to make you feel something um and i hope you feel something too you know this is called shame
room Does anybody know the way out of here? I planted roses in the backyard Don't remember why One, two, four, get The language of memories, the nouns The hurt, I'm not a person, a place, or a thing It's an ocean I swim across, across, across. You can't break me if I've already done it myself. You can't shame me if I've already done it myself. You can't drown me if I've already done it myself. And I wanna come alive. I wanna come gonna ask you you get caught up in reliving these stories and these emotional songs does yeah. it make you exhausted when you do a performance I really I really appreciate saying that yeah <laughs> <laughs> initially when I released Grief Creature I was like I can't tour this I did I did a release show in Seattle and it I I thought you know if this goes well then maybe I'll maybe I'll tour this album and I'll do a whole thing but honestly like that song is maybe the like the lightest song on the record wow. you know <laughs> maybe not the lightest but i i've it's i don't know how to not 
throw myself into something. I don't know how to not give myself completely and like surrender to the song and the moment and the feeling of it that when I'm done playing, I'll usually have been like crying on stage and, and I need like, you know, I need a solid amount of time to recoup and like collect my guts, you know, and, um, and a therapist like on call. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why so many people love you because you're really genuine and they can relate to that. You're telling some pretty heavy stories. A lot of people can relate to. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it also feels like I feel that when I'm able to be my most vulnerable self, it's also an invitation for others to be their most vulnerable self. And I really think that's what's going to save us all is this, is that ability to like connect on a real, on a deeper level and have, you know, that deep empathy for one another, you know? I love that. And just to bring things back around, a reminder, we just made a mocktail here in the studio (laughs) before getting started. So that's a separate video. If people are listening to this podcast or watching the video, um, go to our website, River Boise, and watch the uh, wonderful mocktail that was made for us before this. I want to get into some of your side projects now, uh, this workshop you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's, what is it, Everybody is a Babe? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called the Everybody is a Babe workshop. I I launched uh, what I thought was going to be the only version of it in June, and about 200 people sign up and we had you know I, I do synchronous classes so it's all it's like a big group of us and there's like a really sweet little Facebook group and um I just I've been doing so much research that I have just there's so much um knowledge there's so much stuff out there that people have been working and 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 studying and and you know disseminating information that like I I want others to to know that our uh, our obsession with diet culture is um, is a construct, you know. Like it's not your your life isn't going to be better. It just if you're magically thin, you know. Like there's there's like thin privilege, but you're not going to find that like true happiness with just being a certain size or weight or body type, you know. And I think we have this obsession with personal responsibility. And so for so many of us that have dieted our entire lives or have shame with food, it feels like I'm, I'm, I've failed because I'm a fat person. I, my, my body is a, is indicates that I'm lazy and I'm, you know, I'm, I, I have less worth, I have less value. And instead of, you know, feeling like this is, this is how, this is who I am. This is how I am. How can I have like a positive relationship to food and movement that isn't rooted in punishment or restriction? You know, how can I just, how can I just be and, and not think about it? I think that's, that's what happens for so many of us is we're just constantly thinking about how we are being perceived and if if we look okay in this thing you know and the second that you're able to let go of that you're like oh my god I have so much more brain space to do cool stuff (laughs) yeah so what is this workshop like what happens in it oh so there's um a uh, on Mondays I do a like a lesson so I've you know this is it's part of the book that I'm working on which is a handbook to body positivity um so I do like a, a a sort of lecture and I have I have exercises and assignments that are, of course, all optional, but I feel like if people want to do this sort of intensive work, these exercises and reflections are really helpful. And then Friday, um, we all meet as a, as a group over Zoom and have, um, you know, uh, 
what they call breakout rooms. So everybody talks about their experiences doing the exercises on Fridays. And then the last Friday, we have like um, a dance party. And <laughs> it's, really, fun. it's really cute. So is it like a month-long workshop? It's Yeah, it's it goes for four weeks. And then I also have an option, like someone, if they want more, you know, more in-depth um, discussion and uh, to have very specific, you know, a very specific experience or yeah, want to talk about anything else, I do coaching too. So it's online and people can pretty much take it when they have time except for the live dance. Yes. That sounds great. When's the next session open up? Uh, October, October 4th. Okay, perfect timing. That starts. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, that's so sweet of you asking. (laughs) I was feeling, I'm like, I know this isn't like super relevant to music or whatever. Oh, that's okay. We want to know what you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate it. But I think I, you know, my so much of what I do is rooted in identity, mm-hmm. you know, and the, my last album and the song I just played and, um, the song I'm going to play is talking about being bipolar mm-hmm. and, you know, what that experience feels like sometimes being at war in your own brain. And I also realized how much space, like my internalized fat phobia was taking up in my brain as well. And, like now I get to live this uninhibited, joyful life, you know, I just want, I want, I want everybody to have this incredible, you know, freedom from shame that I have. That's wonderful. And you've got all these projects going on in your podcast too. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I have a podcast with my partner, Wyatt. Um, they are a professor of, um, of English, of grammar and rhetoric and composition <laughs> and, um, so they bring such an interesting lens to our discussions, and they're also bipolar. <laughs> so we called it the manic episodes. <laughs> um, and we have, like, uh, we usually do a discussion. Our last discussion was about, uh, you know, bodily autonomy. Um, and before that was about greed and consent and things like that. So we talk about a range of issues, and then we usually have a really silly segment Um Maybe like uh, superlatives for the horoscope, like, you know, Aquarians are most are voted most likely to join a renaissance fair, you know, <laughs> things like that. And then, and then we um, we talk about things we're obsessed with and then we read poems. So it's just it's the ideal podcast. <laughs> that sounds super fun. We will put a link to that on our site for sure. Thank you. And uh, we'd love to hear another song if you're ready. I would love to. And this is so funny. It's a perfect timing. This is our <laughs> intro song to the podcast. Oh, cool. This is called Born Sad. Um, <laughs> I wrote this song. Actually, I think over 10 years ago, and I just recorded it for Grief Creature, when I initially wrote it, I was it was so upbeat, and I was like, this isn't right. <laughs> I need to put sad lyrics on this. I need to call this Born Sad. <laughs> so this is Born Sad. <laughs> Teach you. 
people are born sad Am I just born sad, born sad, born sad How oh, born sad, born sad, born sad Clinging my books to my chest Asking the pages Anybody, anywhere Ever love me back I got some secrets to keep Creeping out in my sleep Asking my good God Will they ever go away Am I just born sad, born sad joining us live in the Blue Room Listener Lounge. Thank you so much for coming in. I've got to talk about this um, this series and this movie. I did watch Arlo and the Alligator Boy. You did? You watched it? I loved it. You did? <laughs> Anybody with or without kids should watch this, the movie and the series. I loved, especially the parts, because there's so much humor within it, um, when they had all the people with the New York accents, even the baby <laughs> and the strollers, like, trying to walk over here. It's <laughs> <laughs> like one of my favorite parts. What is it like to do voice work for that? It's like a dream. I mean, it really, really is. Also, I, I, I like acted in high school. You know, I've always wanted to do, uh, you know, film and TV. And this was like the first role that really fell into my lap. I was really excited about it. Um, I am so anxious about like memorizing lines and voice work is just like the a gift from God. It's just the lines are right there. All you have to do is focus on like what's happening and it's really it's just such a relief. And I have a studio in my house, so I was able just to record from home, roll out of bed, just 
you know, and then be in a TV show. Oh, what? Great. And give people a little breakdown of the characters in the show and what it's about. Yeah, so um, Arlo the Alligator Boy. Arlo is a half alligator, half boy from the swamp. Um, and he doesn't know where he came from. And he is just sort of mysteriously showed up there. He he finds out, oh my gosh, I'm actually from New York. He came from the swamps of New York and then floated down to Louisiana. So he is on this quest to find his dad in New York, which is to me, it was like, oh my God, it's like Elf. Um, and so it's like if Elf were an alligator boy. <laughs> um, and so it's his journey sort of getting up to New York and he's very wide-eyed and has been, you know, kept away from society. So he doesn't really know how to act. He's never had candy before. Um, he doesn't, he just assumes the, the best in everybody. And I think he's just, just, he's a great role model just with his like, you know, unbridled happiness and enthusiasm and joy and just is, you know, he's a good friend and he meets, uh, Birdie. I play Birdie. She's like a 13 foot tall girl. Um, so she's also been ostracized in a way and she has a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. She's been, you know, you could tell she's seen some stuff. People have treated her probably pretty poorly. Um, and she's just super strong. She's kind of like, has like the superhero strength. Um, and so she protects Arlo from the rest of the world. She's like a big sister. And then they meet a bunch of other characters, um, and then they end up in New York and trying to find Arlo's dad. It's a very sweet story. And then the series kind of picks up um, of them all sort of living together in this town and making, building a town and um, navigating, you know, really real stuff like burnout and um, it, being introverted in a group of people. Bertie's pretty introverted and um, it's just really, it's a really good series. I love it. It's kind of an animated uh, a musical and I love Arlo's mother, the, the Cajun mom. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's so many little misfits and cute characters uh, within it. I love the stories that are told. So I really encourage everyone to to watch that. It's on Netflix right now, uh, Arlo, the Alligator Boy. You're so sweet. Yeah, and it's uh, Jonathan Van Ness and yeah. Tony Hill and Flea is in it, too. Right. <laughs> it's like a really good Jennifer Coolidge. Really I'm like, oh my god, I cannot believe I'm in this. <laughs> in this series i really love the song that's on the the soundtrack for that that just another night in new york that's oh, a really pretty song thank you so much it's my first pop song since i was on a major label so did you get to write that for no song? actually the creator of the entire series is also a songwriter wow. so he wrote all these songs and they're really good um and i am even when i was on a major label i was very reticent to sing songs by other people i'm i have you know i have songwriter hubris <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I just need to be connected to it. But listening to Ryan's songs, I was like, oh, I can tap into this. I can do this. And it was just exciting to, um, you know, sing pop music again and, and really try to challenge my voice. I quit smoking about two years ago oh. and I was a heavy smoker for 15 years. Wow. And so now I feel like I'm able to access different parts of my voice, which feels good. Sure. <laughs> Well, it's been such a pleasure, Mary Lambert, for joining us here in studio. I really appreciate it. And your songs are beautiful. Thanks so much for joining us today in the Blue Moon Listener Lounge. And hope you'll come back really soon. I love it here. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>